So it's, be, it's been a week, and it's been a month, and let's be honest, it's been a year. It's been a different year to, w if I had to look back in that, it's not the same as the years of the pandemic. Yes, we've had freedom, but it, there's been a difference about it. And globally, yes, and also within my own world and our own worlds, there's been a lot that's been going on. I have found myself constantly having to adjust and then readjust and adjust again and readjust again. And the feeling of one moment I think I've got things figured out, swinging straight into the next moment of what on earth is going on and being completely and utterly exhausted through it all. Maybe that's just me, but that's okay. I can share from where, where, where I'm at. And the concept of faith has never been as real as it has been this year for me. Faith has become this tangible thing for me now. It's not something I've heard about or we say it so flippantly. It's become so real. And um, there's been this line that's been rolling through my head, specifically this week, is the fog of war. And yes, it's, it's very much got to do with, I have been watching a lot of what's been going on in Israel and Gaza, and this fog of war. The definition of the fog of war is this. The fog of war is the uncertainty in situational awareness experienced by participants in military operations. The term seeks to capture the uncertainty regarding one's own capability and their adversary's capabilities. When I looked at that definition, my life kind of came into view in regards to that. And I have had so many moments of uncertainty, so many moments of struggling to find my bearings, so many moments of questioning my own capabilities and paying far too much attention to my, advers my adversary's capabilities. And so as today's date approached, knowing the men would be on camp and knowing that my name was up on the preaching roster, <coughs> the more I questioned myself and the more I doubted. And for some of you going, but Kathleen, you preach often. Yeah, I do. But something was different. The word was expectation. Expectation is a big thing. The expectations we place on ourselves and what other people place on us. And you see our men have arisen and they have taken their place. So the obvious next question is, what about the woman? What about the woman? What are we doing? And <laughs> for the men in the room, don't worry, you haven't stumbled into a women's meeting. There might be, we are in the majority, but you're not in a women's meeting. But I feel as the mother of the house, there are things I need to address and there is context that I need to bring after where we're at and where we're going. And so, over this year, I've had moments of great faith and inspiration for the women of this church. But they've just been moments. <laughs> they pass quite quickly. And to be honest, every time the men would announce that they've got a meeting this year or the camp that was coming up, I would grit my teeth and white-knuckle it and pray no one asked me about the woman, if I'm perfectly honest, because I didn't have an answer. So for context, if you're new here, Sheldon and I took over this church almost 10 years ago from his parents. In those 10 years, I have started four 
different women's ministries. Three of them were quite traumatic. Nothing to do with the women, nothing to do with the meetings, but to do with people who wanted to hijack it for themselves and God ending it. The last one I started, I thought I was being quite clever actually. I thought I'm going to go small and quiet. I'm just going to meet with a couple of ladies in my home. And it was great. And then COVID. <laughs> and it kind of, it fizzled out. And you see, what happens is that I was watching the men during this time. And you see, Wild at Heart actually started in 2015. Small group of men gathering. And I watched its ups, and I watched its downs. I watched men being very inconsistent in attending the meetings. I watched men come and go. And then I started to watch it gain some traction. And I thought, okay, we, we're getting somewhere. So if the men are gaining traction, then it's time for the women, right? And the Lord was very clear with me, and he said, it's not your time. To be honest, I was so relieved. You know when God just witnesses with your own spirit, and you're like, thank you, Jesus. And the reason he said that is because, and we've said it from the front before, the order was not in place yet. There is a heavenly order when it comes to how the body of Christ works, that the men have to take their place. You see, the thing is, it is I can work up a woman's ministry in a very non-arrogant way. I can put, I can put up a, a fantastic PowerPoint presentations and seven steps to the most successful women's ministry in the Southern Hemisphere. You know why? Because women are really good at it. We're good at gathering. We're good at going deep with each other. We're good at sharing. We're good at that. It is a natural thing within us. And I've seen far too many churches with incredibly big, powerful women's ministries. It's great. Nothing happening with the men. The balance is off. And when God started to restore this house, when he started to place the order in place with the men going first, I started to understand what he was doing and how he was doing it. And it's been an honor to watch our men actually arise and take their place. But you know, they didn't just get to this point just like that. It's been years of pioneering something. And now we're seeing the fruit of men going on camp and coming back completely changed and being this band of brothers. So as much as um, <laughs> I really would like to whip out that PowerPoint presentation, because it just is the easier road. I feel like there's, it's better to understand the DNA of this house. When you understand the DNA of this house and how we were birthed, it makes sense of where we are going. Last week, Sheldon and I attended um, Jubilee's 40th anniversary. Jubilee in um, Observatory is a church that we were planted out of uh, 30 years ago. And Sheldon shared that he had had this feeling that he wanted to go back to Weinberg Baptist Church to sit in the room where this was all birthed from. Weinberg Baptist Church back in the 70s was a very big church, actually about a thousand people strong. And in that church was a man by the name of Graham Ingram. You're going to hear a lot of this history on the 3rd of December. And he went overseas and the Holy Spirit got hold of him. And touched him in ways he, he didn't understand. And he came back and shared this with the Weinberg Baptist Church. 
and they'd want to receive that. But instead, there were 70 people in that church who did. And they broke away from the Weinberg Baptist, which then became the Vineyard, which then became Jubilee. So there's always been this drive in the DNA of all these churches that were planted from Jubilee to go the way of the Spirit, to be led by the way of the Spirit. And nothing is different today. My um, in-laws who planted this church, planted it and God gave them a scripture. And I, I hope we found the pictures of it because we used to have a lovely 90s, you know those 90s banners. It was big. It used to take up the whole stage and it was a patchwork banner, handmade patchwork banner with clashing colors with a scripture on it. The scripture that we were planted from. And it was Zechariah 4.6. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. And my in-laws faithfully built this church according to what the Holy Spirit did. And we were ridiculed. We were known as, um, in Afrikaans, the Lach and Fall Church, the Laugh and Fall Church, because the Holy Spirit used to move. And we were looked down upon in certain circles, but it did something in us. It changed us. And we, will nev we were never the same again. So together with a group of our core leader ladies, we gathered to chat about the women's ministry. Dun, dun, dun. Lots of interesting things came out of that. I've got a lot of um, scars from the women's ministry, if I'm honest. So even the word women's ministry, I, I struggle with. But that's my own stuff, and I'm working through it. And we started to talk about why. Why do we need one? H how is it going to work? What is it going to look like? You see, we can only build according to what he tells us to build. I have heard so many church leaders say the following. It's Jesus' church, he'll build it. And it's said with this element of abdication of responsibility. It's said with this thing, well, well, if it goes that way and it's wrong, well, Jesus built his church. Well, like it's Jesus' fault? Jesus doesn't build wrong. <laughs> Jesus leads us to build a certain way. Jesus tells us how to do things. And it is never the way of man. It is much easier, trust me, to go at the way of man. It is much easier to stand in the front and go, you know what, we're going to do three songs and we're going to do a series out of, listen, I'm not knocking it, but it's easier that way. And I understand it. It's easier for me to say, here is the women's ministry. We'll gather every month and this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. It's so much easier. But that's just not who we are. It's not what we're called to be as the Bay City Church. And he will build it and he is directing us. I'm very relieved about it, actually, because he builds way better than man does. And so, I think I'm missing a page. Of course I'm missing a page. Typical. It's okay, we go with the flow. One page is upside down. That's okay, it's okay. Um, one of my favorite heroes in the Bible, and it actually I thought the preacher was going to be based on her, but the Holy Spirit changed things around, was Rahab. She is one of my heroes in the Bible. You know, she grew up in Canaan as a Canaanite. And Canaanites actually worshipped Baal and Astaroth, some of the most heavily demonic principalities known to man and is still in full operation today. 
That's all she knew. She was a prostitute, but actually that was not looked down upon in those times. That was actually a very successful business within the context of the culture that she lived in. And she says in Joshua 2, 10 to 11, she's speaking to the spies that she's hiding in her roof. And she says, For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt. And what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were behind the Jordan, to Sihon and Og, whom you devoted to destruction. And as soon as we heard it, our hearts melted, and there was no spirit left in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. What amazes me is that she had no idea who God actually was. Yet she heard these things, and the spirit within her allowed the spirit of God to lead her. Not, o- she, not only did she save her entire family and household because of this, she was then grafted into the promises of Israel. She then birthed Boaz. She is in the lineage of Jesus. You see, when we are led by his spirit, great things happen that affect generations. So as much as I can whip up a women's ministry like this, I'm not going to because I want to affect generations. So I want to build it his way. I want to be led by him. And you know what? He just doesn't give us the blueprint straight off the bat. And I know why he doesn't, because we would run. And I always think of dear old Noah. Bless him. He got a fairly large-sized blueprint to build that ark. That's all he got, though. Then he sat with a boat and no water around the boat. And yet, look what happened. Look what came from that. And so in Micah 4.13, Micah is a, a prophet in the Old Testament. He was around at the time of Isaiah. Isaiah was, however, in the king's palace, and Micah was just one of us regular folk. And he often prophesied Israel's doom and gloom. And then he lifted it at the end saying, no, this is what God will do. And in Micah 4.13, he says, Arise and thresh, O daughter of Zion, for I will make your horn iron and I will make your hooves bronze. You shall beat in pieces many peoples and shall devote their gain to the Lord, their wealth to the Lord of the whole earth. What's interesting is that in the the message translation, this is something that Joe Partridge brought up with us this week, is that it says, On your feet, daughter of Zion, be threshed of chaff, be refined of dross. I am remaking you into a people invincible. In God's juggernaut to crush the godless people, you'll bring their plunder as holy offerings to God, their wealth to the master of the earth. And there is this sense that God has been building into us, no matter how foggy it's been, no matter how hard it's been, he is building the men into a people invincible. He is building the woman into a people invincible. He's even building our kids, peop- our kids into people invincible. There is this understanding that we are now moving. Yes, we're built to stand, but we're built to move, and this is the season we're going into. So the women's lane ministry is not going to be a copy of the men's. This is what he's made clear. So then what is it going to look like? I hear you say that's such a valid question. But you see, I think when we were speaking as women, 
What came across so clearly is we're not going to reinvent the wheel. There are the prayer watchers. And I'll just give you a little insight into prayer watchers and their, their kind of start. When Sheldon had felt this from the Lord that to gather people to pray instead of gathering and having a prayer meeting at church that are really just globally the most least attended meetings in the Christian history. He felt that there had to be these prayer watches, these smaller gatherings of people praying. When he told me about it, I wanted to run. I just thought, oh no, not another thing. I, I can't do this. This is, it's too much for me. I'm a classic introvert, so now I must sit with two people and pray. This is a step too far. And so my prayer watch consisted of Michelle Rockhill and Ada. And we met over a WhatsApp video call, nervously looking at each other. Okay, who's going to start? Okay, I'll start. All very polite. And we prayed for a whole five minutes. And we were so proud of ourselves. We were like, we've knocked this one straight out of the park. And then the next week, and the next week. And it started to build. And what began to happen is you begin to get to know people in the spirit. I know you in the flesh, but there's a difference when you begin to know people in the spirit. And if anything, we are a community of the spirit in this church. And there's a big difference here. So when you begin to know people in the spirit, I, I, I feel you're going to go, and I, I know what's going to happen. And some of the times that we had on that prayer watch were some of the most sacred I've ever been through with, with other people. And then I, we had to multiply. And I'm in a new prayer watch, and we're gaining, we're getting to know each other in the spirit, and we're going on journeys. And you see, there's something about what God is wanting to do in the church in these days, is that we are no longer doing this, well, this, here we've got this running, and we've got that running, and, we, and now you get, to, you get to choose where you're going to go. It actually has to be birthed from us. And there actually has to be a bit of buy-in. There has to be a step of bravery on your part. And this is, this is hard. I understand why. We've been, a, we've been hurt by church. Well, let's put that into context. We've been hurt by people in the church. The church is made up of broken people. I'm a broken person. We all have our brokenness. And we all tend to hurt each other and say things. And so there's a tendency to hold back. But actually in this season, he's asking us to take a brave step forward. For some, maybe a prayer watch is a step too far at this stage. How about going to coffee with someone that you've never been to before? You've, or you've chatted maybe briefly at church. Maybe, like, hey, should we meet for a coffee? Been, that's a step too far. Don't worry, I've got you covered. I've got all the introverts covered. What about you just say hi to someone you've not said hi to and start a conversation? It has to come from you. No longer is the church leadership going to be laying out things that are going to happen. We are a community. We do things together. We're going to birth this together. And yes, we believe in the women gathering, and we can see that coming. But I'm not going to stand up here and give you 10 points of the things that we've, that's going to happen, because that creates expectation. And unmet expectation is probably where the biggest pain in people lie. I place an expectation on someone, and when they don't meet that expectation, a pain is formed. And then every time that person does something, that pain builds and builds until there's an absolute wall between us. Let's do away with our expectations and start to take those steps forward in this time. See, this is why this meeting is different. Because he's doing something different in this time. And so this fog of war, this 
this this time we've been of of not understanding in our own world, I have felt like every day I'm fighting something new. I've been fighting a cat who has um, insisted that it comes from three roads away, actually. Uh, It must have started about six weeks ago. It'll arrive at about 10, then 2, then 4, and 5, just yowling, yowling. Chase it, chase it, then it starts coming in, and it's eating the food. I have prayed, I have rebuked this cat, I have bound this cat, I have cast this cat back to the second heaven, I have done everything in my power. What about this darn cat? We have a car sitting in our um, driveway that uh, is a huge blessing, and we've not been able to use because some things have gone wrong with its registration and things have just gone quiet. And so you begin to go, these are just silly examples I'm giving, but when you add up all the silly examples in your life, they add up to something quite big. And they add up to a point where you're like, I actually don't want to do this anymore. I, I can't do this anymore. And you know, last night when the Boca won, Again, I had this thought of like, oh, but here we go again, you know. Oh, we're all hopeful now and we're all together now. And then in a week again, we're fighting and we're, we're moaning and complaining. And I felt the Holy Spirit challenge me. It's up to us if it's different. It's different this time. But you see, he wears us down to such a point that we actually just go, oh, you know what, whatever. Oh, the cat's howling, whatever. I'm just not going to sleep for the next six weeks or whatever. I did find the owner of the cat believe it or not. She hasn't quite heard me on that she should keep her cat inside, but that's fine. It's a work in progress. So here we are, and it's different, and where are we going? And so I'm going to call up Diana Tsebalala, and um, she's going to share some things with you, because it's not just my voice that you're going to hear this morning, about where we're at and where we're going. Where we're at. But something different today. About where we're going. Because that's actually something that stood out fresh to me this morning. Where are we going? Because I've been standing and standing. And the things that um, I can share with you. Yeah, it's been about me standing and not doing much more than that. Because I haven't been able to do more than that. But today there is something different. It's about where we're going. And two things that I've heard this morning that have really stuck out fresh have been, we need to stay in the game. Each one of us has a part to play, but we've got to stay in the game. And then I will be preaching to the choir because you are here, so you are in the game. Because in this season, I feel like that is something that has been a pressure on us and something easy just to step back or sit down or stay away. Stay away from church because you're not sure where you're fit or you're not sure you've got anything to bring. But part of just being here is about staying in the game. Because actually this place is the place where I feel most safe but it's also the place where I feel most vulnerable. Um, But yeah, today is the day of taking that brave step forward. And so I said to 
Kathleen this morning, I'm not really sure what I'm going to share. I'm not really sure what I have. But I know that I'm not alone. And so part of standing here is also taking a brave step forward. And yeah, if you could hear the backstory and hear the messages on our <laughs> little ladies group this week of just the core leader ladies saying, what's happening? What are we doing? What are we going to say? What are we don't know, but God knows. And that's the point. We are being led by the Spirit. And when Kathleen like, gave me a little bit of context just to say, you know, just bring out what's on your heart. Just share where you're at. As a woman right now, what are you facing? What are you feeling? But that's quite hard to do when you, you don't feel eloquent or you don't feel you have a lot of success stories to share. Because in the physical, in the natural, sometimes I'm not quite sure. I don't really know <laughs> who I am. My day-to-day -day experiences my brain, just how it's working and what it's coping with, it feels blurred. It feels like I've been walking in a season where many things have been stolen from me, where a lot of stuff, you know, things that I would maybe prioritize or things that as women we feel like we want to prioritize just get put to the side in the daily life of just life and living and family and society and work and home and kids, a lot of things gets reordered and reprioritized. what we need to do in this season like it's not it's going to cut it anymore and many of us this week kind of said and echoed we can't do another tea party honestly like we can't do another tea party we can't do another baby shower we can't do another whatever where women just sit together and just share nice stories because all of those things are great and we can do them easily like Kathleen said we're good at them but there needs to be more than that. And it's not going to be enough in this next season, in this next journey to only do that. We can do that and we, we're good at giving compliments to each other. We're good at just encouraging each other. But there's a deeper longing in me, at least, and probably in you guys as well, that says, but who am I really? Who does God say I am? You know, because in the times during the week when actually I can't focus and I'm not sure how I'm feeling and I have random outbursts of anger and frustration and I'm impatient with my kids and I 
I just, I don't feel good enough to keep all the house stuff together and then I'm trying to go to work and then it, it's just, it's, it's too much. And you feel like, I don't know who I am, but yet it's okay because I'm not alone. Because those times when I've chosen to stand, I've chosen to show up on a Sunday. That's the beauty about this church. You can show up and you can stand here and you can disappear into the background because it's so big that if you don't want to talk to anyone, you don't have to. Because, but just showing up is the key because the Spirit is here. And God is faithful and He knows. And He's the one who consistently then just works in you even when you don't know what He's doing. But on the times when you, you can show up and you can stand and you can reach out and you can send a message to a friend and actually talk about something and be vulnerable and share your experience, you realize it's okay because you're not alone. Because actually they are experiencing the same as well. They're dealing with the same as well. And so there's been such comfort and such encouragement in yeah, just making those little ke connections with people of not giving into the the isolation and the the I'm not good enough and I don't have anything to offer so I'm just going to stay away and no I'm going to keep coming I'm going to keep standing and that's why I say like this place and it starts from here and what the spirit of God is doing is the most safe place and the most vulnerable place at the same time sometimes in my week the only spiritual input that I've had apart from coming here is when my kids are singing a worship song or when I'm on children's church upstairs and so then I need to get my head around the, bi the Bible story and the little song that I'm singing for them. It hasn't gone any deeper than that. I haven't had the time or made the time but it's okay because God knows. And I've, I've been in this space and I've been in the corner over there and the lady's been having a seizure during church. It's the most vulnerable space, but it's the most safe space because where else would I be? Like that's life, that's the reality at the moment in the physical of you know, us as a family dealing with the health journey and the health issues, but God knows. At the same time, it can feel very vulnerable and it can feel like everything's slipping through your fingers and you don't know when the answer's coming and you don't know what God's doing or what his timing is, but he's faithful. And he hasn't failed yet, so he's not about to fail. And then you feel like you haven't invested enough or done enough or prayed enough. But your four-year-old prays, and every time she prays, she still says, thank you, Jesus, that daddy's medicine tube is gone and his kidney is new. So for three years, she's had to deal with that journey, but yet she still prays that in her understanding, in her faith. And it just lift something in your spirit when you when you stand and when you stand together because you know I don't share kind of what I'm sharing just for pity or like oh or this what's happening it's like no yet God but God and to say that I will yeah keep showing up or keep standing up because if all I can do is just keep singing that God I thank you that you haven't failed us yet and we're in this together, then 
our hearts are ready, they will be in the right place. Because Kathleen's already said it, it's easy to schedule, it's easy to say, okay, the first Monday of every month we're going to do A, B, and C and come together and do whatever we're going to do. But and, and, and it would look like it has connection, it would look like it has purpose, it would look like we're being intentional. But are our, are our hearts actually ready? Like, are we actually ready as people, as women of God, to break out of the stereotypes, to break out of the expectations and the show that we can so easily put on? Are we ready to say, well, today I don't know who I am, and that's okay because God does, and I've got a whole community of people standing with me, and so we will take those brave steps forward together, and God will show us the way. I'm aware that this can sound like, oh, this is the women that this, you know, this is what we're talking about and this is where we're going. But you have to understand where God is leading. We have to understand that as a people, he's trying to say something to us. We cannot stay where we were. We're aware that we're in a new era. It's not even just a new season, it's a new era. And so there's this, I feel the resistance in the room. There's this resistance, not from the people, but in the room of the enemy saying, shut up. Don't talk about it. Just do it the normal way. And I stand here and I refuse that in the name of Jesus. I will go where he leads. I will do what he says. You know, as a, as a woman, we, we do this thing. I've, I heard a, a, a psychologist talking on the radio. She says, when a woman goes to bed at night, when a man goes to bed at night, he says good night and he goes to sleep. When a woman goes to bed at night, she sit there and she goes, this was my brain just the night. I don't think Aiden's eating enough vegetables. How am I going to get him to eat more vegetables? Oh, Ella, is she, is, is she really happy at school? I'm not entirely sure. That conversation that I had with that woman two years ago, why did I say that when I should have said this? Now, damn it, I knew I forgot something on the shopping list. Again, why do I always do that? I can never get it into order. And, and the laundry room, why is it always such a mess? I'm so embarrassed when my, when my dear Florence comes and she has a look at this room. Oh, why can't I just get it together? What am I wearing tomorrow? What, 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 am I, what, what is the weather doing? This wind? That is a woman's brain. It is all over the show, all at once. It is our biggest strength and our biggest weakness. And yet God's saying, we're going, in a, we're going in a direction. And so I know this is like, well, this meeting has been so different. It almost feels like there's a, 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 a blanket. There's a blanket. And he's trying. But I'm standing firm. And that's why I want the voices. Tracy, will you come and share about what you shared in the week, please? Hi, everybody. Um... I don't know if this is what we shared in the week, but it just, I feel that's what's on my heart. Um, I was listening to something and I just had the, this incredible, this lady was sharing something and this incredible revelation of Psalm 23, um, the first verse, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and he leads me besides green pastures. And I think for a very long time in my life, and I don't know about you, and I, th I do think it's a woman thing. I, I, sorry, men, I can't speak for you. Maybe you feel the same. But I feel like we have these expectations. I mean, like you, 
of ourselves, what we think makes us show that we've got it all together. So it, if we remember everything from the shopping list, whoa, we are really doing well in life. I got the shopping list correct. My house is actually clean and I got the shopping list. That's two ticks in my book. Like we have this thing that I don't, what will happen when you have all the ticks? Like, will life be different? Will it really be different? And what did you do to yourself to get all those ticks? Like, what is left of you when you have? Because that is how I feel every single day. I walk into the, the, the house and my family arrive home before I do. I work a very full day and I have, I also tutor and I'm also studying. So I have a bit of a busy life at the moment. And so I walk in and everybody's come home and it's just... There is stuff everywhere, and my husband is, doesn't have the same list as me, obviously. I don't know if he ha I think he. I think he may have. I think he's lost it. But the, the putting things back and keeping things fairly tidy, and in you, when you ask, it really helps me calm down when I come home and things are in place. never seems to happen. But I just, the, the sense of almost like failure, that where are my pastures of green? Where is my, you know, this restful place where I can just go and rest and the revelation that came to me was that I don't know if anyone has ever I mean some of you I know have been to Israel but if you've ever seen the lie of the land it's not actually grassy it's very deserty and rocky and it's a lot of sand and actually when you look into the 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 Hebrew words with the green pastures and and, and the geography of of Israel a green pasture in those days meant a very rocky area, but amongst the rocks and amongst the sand and amongst the desert were little patches of green. And I know in the cartoons and in the pictures, they always have these beautiful lush lawns of green grass and these little gentle streams and these little sheep that are just, you know, and you sort of think, that's my goal. Like when I get all my ticks on my list, that's where I'm going to be living, in that green grassy patch. And... When I realized, I mean, I'm just looking out at that mountain. It's like that terrain. It's dry and it's rugged and there's a little patch of green and a little bit of nourishment. And what the shepherds do is they, they take their sheep and they go to that area and the sheep eat everything for that day. And then that area is finished. And then they have to, next day, the sheep look to the shepherd like, okay, we need some help here. There's nothing left. And they've got to move on to another area, another green pasture. And it's the shepherd's responsibility to find those green pastures. And I just felt that in life and in the way that we are doing things, this, this expectation of these lush green lawns is not, what, is not the picture that God was actually telling us. It was that each, each of us have a way in which God provides that little nourishment. For me, it's my prayer watch. I have a prayer watch on a Wednesday morning. And it just makes me feel invincible. It's the one time I don't go to something and feel like <laughs> I didn't tick all my ticks. Because there are none. I just pitch up. I just have to pitch up. And I just have to be there. And God just does such an incredible thing. And that's my little patch of green grass for that day. But every morning when I wake up, it's my responsibility to say, Shepherd, where's my next one? And I'm led by him. I don't, it's not, it's not, and as Kathleen's saying, it's not the, here are all the green pastures, choose which one best suits you, here's the church has organized all the activities for you, and you just show up. It's going through that rocky patch, that sandy area, it's relying on the shepherd, 
It's being together in community with each other, as Kathleen was sharing. And it's just, it's just looking for those little moments. But all of those moments only happen when the shepherd has said, okay, here, here's a little area for you. And this is, this is our area here. That in each and every one of us, in the connections that we make, in the word, in the encouragement that we bring, in the prayer watch that we join, in, for, for me this morning it was the worship team. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> It's not easy to have most of the band gone. You get comfortable, as Kathleen said, you get comfortable with having a drummer and a bass and, um, and screens and words for songs. You know, it's like you come to expect that. And there was only two ladies, Tracy and Tracy. We were the only two left on the roster after the men were off. And I just m messaged in the group and incredible overwhelming response of people who have small children themselves who um, couldn't you know not everybody could for various reasons but those that could were able to be available and to be here this morning and getting here some people were stuck on Baden Powell Drive because there was sand that had blown over the road and they had closed the road down and had to be rerouted and see at the back the only man goes here see her who has never ever done the sound this is his first day. He happened, he was so kind to volunteer to say, I'll step in. I don't have a clue what to do. But if someone can just point me in the right direction, I'll do my best. And, you know, and it's that spirit. It's that, I don't, I, that is what's going to sustain me when I feel like I'm facing a challenge and I can come to somebody and I know you on a spiritual level. If, if I just know that I like the way she dresses and, and it's a lovely tea party and I know about her family and I know those things, it's nice to know that stuff. But it doesn't sustain me. It's not that green patch of nourishment that I'm going to need in the times when, it's, when I'm weak. It's when, when you, you and the ladies say, we're praying for you. We're standing with you. We're together with you. And, and I just wanted to encourage you, like as Kathleen said, at this point in time, we need to get to that place where uh, you, look, uh, you look across this room, have you made a connection with someone? Is there someone, is there that, is there someone in the room that you've made that connection with? And if you haven't, take that step. Find that person to stand with you in the trenches. Find that person who's going to pray with you, who's going to be with you, who's going to mentor you and encourage you. Because there's many, many incredible women here. No perfect woman, just incredible woman with an incredible spirit of God inside of them. Tracy, I just want you to take note of what the Holy Spirit's doing. It's something that he started to do in the week with us. Everyone brought what they had. And every time they would put something on their group, they would say, I really don't have anything, but I have this. And suddenly on the group, this picture started to form. And it's, that's what happens. You've each got something that you need to bring to this. I, as I said, I can, I can snap it like this and have a women's ministry. But what, what does that actually going to do for the generations to come? There's a, there's a resilience we have to start building into our kids of you've got to be brave and step out there. Not, not to embarrass my, my darling daughter, but talking on the phone is hard for this generation. Okay, <laughs> it's hard. So we're having to teach them of how to connect. Thank you. So Tracy Ingram <laughs> has literally just um, summarized what I was 
about to come and say in your last few words there, your last few sentences. Um, and I've, I've basically titled my note, not sermon, just <laughs> what I'm sharing, encouragement to us all. Um, and, and I feel like yesterday I was busy doing something and I just heard God saying, what else are we doing with our lives? We are mothers, sisters, all of that, all of that. Um, we are children of God. We are, we, well, this is what we do at our vocations and all of those things. What else are we doing? Because those things, just being who we are, as Diana said now, it comes with lots of challenges. Um, life that happens is not always as free sailing and all of that. What else gives us life? Like, what, what will motivate me to go beyond, to step out? to go further, to press in. Um, because we do become complacent and we, and we do enjoy the worship team, the full band and the words being up there so that we don't have to think or remember the words of the songs and all of that. What gives us the energy to actually step out, to, to not have to be um, motivated to raise our hands, to sing, to dance and to connect? What is it that's, that's taking our energies away from really just walking in and living in the lavish life that God has created for us. Um, and, and I just felt we had, we started a little book club, I think Alicia somewhere at the back there, we found ourselves in the same little book club a few years ago, pre-COVID, and then it fizzled out, I think it was because of COVID, um, and, and I just felt like reading the titles of the chapters that we went through, uh, we, we didn't finish the book. I finished reading the book though, but we didn't finish the discussions. So it says, um, you know that you've drifted. So you know, we all like come to the Lord and we have all this energy and we want to be with people and all of that, but somehow life happens. So um, Diana started, you were saying, where are we going? Um, the title of this book is, How Did I Get Here, Where I Am Right Now. How? <laughs> you know the book. No, it's my life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, it literally says, you know that you've drifted when you stop trusting and you start controlling. When you stop healing and you start seeping. When you stop wondering, like wonder, in, being in awe and you start just wondering about. When you stop praying and you merely start talking. When you stop gathering and you start isolating. When you stop hungering and you start gorging. When you stop working and you just start watching. Last one, when you stop pressing in and you start coasting. Let's just go with the flow. I don't need to do anything. Um, you know, that thing of abdicating the fact that, oh, it's God's church, it's his ministry and all of that. I don't need to do anything. I can just sit here and watch what's happening. And somehow I feel edified. Maybe I get a good word here, listen to a song quickly. Somebody says something and that should carry me through. That's my little green posture. Um, but it does fade away and tomorrow we do look to the shepherd for something else. What makes us look for that something else? So let's just go to Psalm 116 quickly 
And let's just listen to God's word. God's word does sustain, edify, encourage us. And it says, I'm saved. I'm passionately in love with God because he listens to me. He hears my prayers and he answers them. As long as I live, I keep praying to him for he stoops down and he listens to my heart cry. I cried out to the Lord, God, come save me. And he was so kind, so gracious to me because of his passion toward me. He made everything right and he restored me. So I've learned from my experience that God protects the vulnerable. For I was broken and I was brought low, but he answered me and he came to my rescue. Now I can say to myself and to all, relax and rest. Be confident and serene for the Lord rewards fully those who simply trust in him. God has rescued my soul from death's fear and dried my eyes of many tears. He's kept my feet firmly on his path and he strengthened me so that I may please him and I may walk before Yahweh in the fields of life, even when it seems that I'm surrounded by many liars and my own fears. And though I'm hurting in my suffering and in my trauma, I will stay faithful to God and speak words of faith. When one of God's holy lovers dies, it is costly to the Lord, touching his heart. Lord, because I am your loving servant, you have broken up my life and you have freed me from my chains. Now I worship you passionately and bring to you my sacrifice of praise, drenched with thanksgiving. I will worship you here in your loving presence in the temple of Jerusalem. I will worship and I will sing hallelujah for I praise you, Lord. And sometimes we read scriptures and sometimes we sing choruses and songs. Um, do we really do what we say we're gonna do? do we, when we read it, are we actually implementing what we're doing? And for me today, it's just a matter of encouraging myself to actually know that I am the righteousness of God. God looks to me through, through the filter of Jesus. So even though I've not ticked my box, and there are many unticked boxes. <laughs> my children are here, they know. Like we have like 20 things to do today, but we get to three and a half maybe <laughs> on a good day. Um, and even though that might cause some of us to feel like, okay, I failed today. I'm not a failure because I am the righteousness of God. He sees me as perfect. Jesus is standing here and I'm there behind Jesus and God is looking to me through Jesus, through perfection. He sees perfection in me. And for us, may we be encouraged to know that we are perfect in the sight of God. Whether we've um, achieved our goals, whether we are number one in the world, for the fourth time, <laughs> um, <laughs> those things doesn't matter. What matters is how God sees us. And my encouragement to all of us today is may we see and treat ourselves as women and men the way God sees us. 
And in that, know that we have access to one another. May we be vulnerable enough. When somebody says hello to us, when I look in Kaylin's eyes and I say, hello, how are you? May you have the time to actually listen to how she is really doing. You know, let's just step out, like, like do that little bit of extra something um, to connect and not to wait on the big gatherings and the, our, our, this group that some of us have been referring to now is literally called the not, not the, not the typical women's ministry. This is not going to be the typical women's ministry at the Bay. So for us all to know this already, it's not going to be the normal tea parties. We will have tea most probably, but it's to go deeper. It's to do life with one another. It's to really know how, what's happening in your life, what's happening in the spirit. What can I pray for really? Like not just normal superficial things. We are looking to go deeper with each other. So, and we can only achieve that if we're really real, vulnerable, and um, connected, and what's the thing we want to, <sighs> sincere. When we're sincere, and we really just, we really want to know how you're doing. We are um, absolutely genuine, vulnerable. There's another word that, are authentic. That's the word. When we're authentic, then nothing can hinder us from really ex experiencing and from getting to where God wants us to be in each relationship that we are meant to be in. And, you know, prayer is really amazing. It does move the hand of God. Ask God to show us. Ask God to say, to show you who today do I need to be encouraged or who will encourage me today, day by day, little green pasture day by day. So we trust that you hear our hearts this morning and that you know that it is our desire for all of us to grow together, um, but we want to do it the way God is leading us to do it. And, and it's a little bit scary because we don't have the 10 points. God is saying, don't go that route, go by my spirit. So it is, you know, little, we're treading on unknown ground, but we trust in God. And when we trust God, lots of things, major things, miracles happen, right? So be encouraged. Um, we love you all. We do want to connect with everybody. Um, and we do want to do it the way God wants us to do it. God bless you. Okay, the last voice I'm going to call on is my friend Ada, who we started a prayer watch together. Um, this lady sends me WhatsApps. So I have to actually look in the dictionary at the words that she sends. Um, she's incredibly intelligent, but she's incredibly sharp in the spirit. You might have to do the shortened version. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, church. And um, wonderful to be able to add to what the ladies have shared so far. And I think pretty much everything has been covered. And I will simply um, maybe cap it off by sharing exactly what I also shared on the group that um, something I read from an Elizabeth Elliot's book um, some years ago, she's, the, she's died now, but at the time she was the widow of Jim Elliot, the missionary to the Orca Indians in South America, one of the five young American men that were killed, I think it was in the late 50s or something. And she said in this book called Passion and Purity, um, she said many things, but one of the statements that caught me was the fact that we are um, women doesn't make us a different kind of Christian. 
you know, we don't have concessions or exemptions. We are still God's children, and we are still, you know, um, part of the army of God and part of the church of God, part of the bride of Christ. But the fact that we are Christians does make us a different kind of woman, you know. And I think it's come out in the sharing so far that um, people, a lot of women are put off by previous experiences with women's ministries in, you know, other contexts and other settings. And that is um, at the back of everyone's minds. And so the focus is how do we um, move forward exactly in the way that God um, wants us to move forward. And I think um, the, the first thing, or one of the first things is to get in touch with what God made us to be, who God made us to be, what he expects of us, you know, just get back in touch with ourselves and address those things that make us end up acting in ways that, you know, hurt other people, aggravate people, and things like that. But as Kathleen said at the beginning, um, we, you know, people will get hurt. We are imperfect, and we are, um, we are heading towards perfection in Christ, and the Holy Spirit is working, is working us. If we were perfect, we would no longer have any need to be in this world. The Lord will take us, you know, while others, you know, are being made perfect. So we, we do need to be um, aware of that and expand our, um, um, if you like, um, forgiveness zone. Um, somebody I know said she walks around with a basket of forgiveness and she just keeps handing it out, you know, as she walks through her day. Um, so that, that we definitely need to do. Um, but more importantly, I think we just need to um, focus on, you know, what the Lord wants to, what the Lord is saying to us, what he's starting to highlight in our lives. And as he does that, I think our duty is to respond and to um, do our part to, to reciprocate. We need to remember that, I mean, we, you, you say we don't in services like this, it's not like we're going in to talk about hormones, but the truth is that at any given point in time, a woman is passing through one stage or season or the other of that um, feminine morphology and so on. So um, we need to remember that and we need to understand one another and be kind to one another as we move on. And that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Tracy, will you come up, just tinkle on the piano for me. So as I've been sitting there and I've been having conversation with the Holy Spirit saying, oh, why do you make these meetings so hard? Is it because you're birthing something and birthing is never easy. Birthing is hard. Whether you have had a Caesar, whether you've birthed a child naturally, it's, um, it's awkward and it's hard. Now, there's been an awkwardness in the, in the spirit this morning. And when there are, there's many times I've felt this awkwardness before. And then God moves. And then I begin to see what has been birthed. And for, and then the other conversation I was having, I, I said, okay, well, I'm going to just apologize to the men in the room because I said this wasn't a woman's meeting, but it kind of landed up being a woman's meeting. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, we're going to stop apologizing. The men that have been in this room, you've, been, you've needed to hear this. This is where the women of the bay are going. This is what we're after. So would you stand with me, please? If you are not in a prayer watch, if, the, if you're going, well, what is that? What is that all about? Amy, could you raise your hand? That's Amy. Oh, they have another Amy, huh, Amy? <laughs> that Amy. 
<laughs> I don't think you want a whole lot of people coming to talk to you, but there, go say hi to Amy if you've known in that Amy. This Amy, she is our pre-watch coordinator. If in your heart this morning you've gone, actually, I think that's something I'd like to look into, please chat to Amy. Go to the desk and we can get you linked in. If that's a step too far, then we're going to do that. Just say hello to someone. But today is the day we're going to take that step out. So Father God, we want to thank you for who you are. We want to thank you that our men have arisen and have taken their place and momentum is being gained. We want to thank you, Lord, that we as the women get to fall behind that and run not behind them, but next to them, Lord. And that there is something being pioneered here. And if you've been a guest today, I'm not going to apologize. This is who we are. We are led by the Spirit. We are busy birthing something in this community that is new, that is fresh, not just for our women, but as a community. So Father God, where the fog of war has settled on people, where you have been uncertain of your own capabilities and very focused on what the enemy is doing, I speak to that fog now in the name of Jesus, that the wind of the Holy Spirit begins to blow over your mind, begins to blow over your circumstances. And as that fog clears, the clarity of the Spirit begins to unfold itself and you see who you are, you see what where you are and you see how much territory you have taken in the last couple of years so father god we say as a woman we submit to you in all in all our ways we submit to what you're wanting to do we submit to your blueprint even when it feels awkward and it feels like it's going against the grain we submit to you so Holy Spirit, we say thank you. Thank you for this camp. We thank you for what you've done. We thank you for what you've released on our men. We thank you for where we are going. We thank you from where we have come from. And we commit this to you now in the name of Jesus. Would you hide in your shadow of your wings what was done this morning? That the enemy is not allowed to take it, to steal it, to destroy it in the name of Jesus. Kiara Baba Sondo do Baba Shikiti andere Kiatara Baba Baba Shotoro Baba Basititi andere. Stay in the game because the final whistle has blown and you may feel like you've just won by one point. And you think, what a, what a terrible game I've played. I didn't play very well. That actually doesn't count. The victory is what counts because our victory is in Him. He is the victor in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.